So today we are starting with one of the most, I guess, one of the most known powerful statements of the Old Testament. And um, I know you've heard this one. It goes, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I mean, if you've ever been to Hobby Lobby, you have seen this printed on something. Like it's on a thing you can put on your wall. It's, I don't know, it's air somewhere. So um, if you've never seen it, I want to invite you to go to Hobby Lobby. It's a great store with a lot of great things. And then you will see this statement printed somewhere. Right, so um, <laughs> I never buy the thing with the scripture on it, but it is there. It is from Joshua 24, verse 15. But I want to create some context for us uh, just to see, um, you know, what happened before we got to the statement that Joshua made. Now, according to the biblical book that was named after Joshua, Joshua was the personally appointed successor of Moses, right? So Moses was the guy that God chose. Um, he was the one that was in the what do you call that thing, basket in the river, you know? It was a basket? Oh, okay, basket. And uh, he grew up in, the, in Egypt, in the palace. So he led the Israelites out of Egypt, just to, you know, if you didn't know and couldn't remember. And um, he was, so back to Joshua, he was the guy who followed Moses. So now you have an idea where Joshua came from. And Joshua was also the charismatic warrior who led the Israelites in the conquest of Canaan. Because Moses never got to the promised land. I'm just thinking, dude, like seriously, you walked in the desert for 40 years? 40 years. I'm 40 years old. Like it's me walking in the desert my whole entire life. I'm like, that sucked. Um, <laughs> like seeing a lot of miracles and all. But I'm like, dude, I don't know. It's still... I don't know, maybe I would to see the sea part and every day getting birds for dinner and manna. I don't know. But it's a long time for not to see that promise, you know. Um, but so Joshua led the Israelites into Canaan, into the promised land. And uh, the book of Joshua records the culmination of Israel's journey. You know, that whole journey all the way into the promised land. And he was the guy who saw God's faithfulness, how the promise was fulfilled. And um, so Joshua 24, that's where we are. If you want to go to, in your Bibles, you can scroll there, scroll, <laughs> scroll in your Bibles. Um, you can go there, open your Bible. Um, so Joshua 24, this is where Joshua is, it's his last words, you know. And like we know, a person's last words is, um, usually there's complete truth. I don't know if you've ever been next to someone that's, you know, on their way to die. It's normally complete truth. It's honesty because, you know, we have nothing to lose when you're about to die. So you speak what's on your heart and you're like, I've hold on to this for a long time, but I have to get it out. And this is where Joshua is. And um, normally when you are on your deathbed, it gives you the freedom to say what is really and truly on your heart. And, um, you know, I didn't know this before, but in fact, if a person is on their deathbed, their words that they speak can be um, deemed so honest that they, it can be used in the court of law. I never knew that. Like as a dying declaration. So if you said something that was like not known, someone can use that in court saying this person, because we believe that it's honesty and it's truth um, in that moment. So we're going to Joshua 24 verse 1. And this is 
Let me read that to you. It says, Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel. He was serious about this moment. Like gathering is like, I'm dying. Get Crowley. Get Ease Esterwood. Egan. Jennings. Because there were a lot of people, right? We're just about 11,000 people in Crowley. So it's like getting the whole Lafayette, getting like Charles. I guess all the way. <laughs> I think we're going to like stretch a little far. But he gathered all the tribes of Israel to Sashem and summoned the elders, the heads, the judges, and the officers of Israel, and they presented themselves before God. So Joshua got them all together, and he takes them on this verbal history, kind of what I just did now, on this verbal history journey, starting from the time before the Israelites even served God, all the way to Abraham. And you can read that whole, I'm not going to read the whole chapter, you can read that. And he systematically takes them through a history of God's faithfulness and delivery um, of the people of Israel to where they find themselves now. He reminds them of everything that God did. Like he literally points it all out. And, uh, and how they got to where they are now. And then he just blurts it out and asks them for a commitment. He says, he asked them in that moment to choose. All right. So let's read Joshua 24 verse 14 to 15. So this is after all of that has happened. Now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt, and serve the Lord. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your fathers served in the region beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. Then he says, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So Joshua is making this declaration, right, about what matters most to him. So he's about to die and he's saying, listen up, guys, I want to tell you, me and my house, honestly, it will be more his house because he's not going to be there. But we are going to serve the Lord uh, for whatever amount of time is left for me. We're going to serve the Lord. And he did not care what anybody else was going to say. If they were going to choose with him, if they're going to say, yes, we are with you, we are going to do this together. He said, I don't care. This is what we are doing. And he was establishing what was right for him and his house. So I guess my first big point for today is that we all have to decide for ourselves if we are going to serve the Lord, if you and your house is going to serve the Lord. Now, I know our houses look different, right? Some have, they're married, are married with children or without children. Maybe you're single. So whatever your house looks like, even if it's just you, you still have to decide for yourself if you are going to serve the Lord. You know, because many times we kind of, fell into the serving the Lord. You uh, grew up a certain way, and now you are, you know, you're serving the Lord because this is the way you were brought up, maybe in a different church, maybe not here. Well, most of us wasn't here because, you know, most of us are older than nine. Um, the church is nine years old. But so we, it's so easy to just grow up in religion and just serve the Lord because... And when we don't decide things like this, when we don't decide and make this decision for ourselves, it's so easy to go through the motions, to just come to church, because that's what a Christian does, you know? You have to come to church. Why? I don't know. It's good for you. You have to read your Bible. Why? Because I'm a Christian. You have to pray at least before you go to bed, because, you know? And if I just come to church Sunday after Sunday, and... Without that expectation 
that I'm going to meet the living God, going to meet with the living God, it will, it's so easy to fall into that if I didn't decide for myself, yes, me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. So every time I say me and my house, right, just put your own family in there. I don't want to clarify every single time, you know. <laughs> so just put you, whatever you're at, just put it in there. You have to make that decision for yourself that we are going to serve the Lord. You know, and when we do things for religion's sake, honestly, no good can come from it. No life comes from it. And you won't ever experience the life that there is in relationship with Jesus. Like when I come to church, there was for a long time I really like lived just plainly in religion. And even when you're out of religion and you're free, you can sometimes step into religion without knowing, you know, you're serving Jesus. You don't, you know, you have a relationship with him, but then you can still fall into just this routine. And I had to check my heart and realize like, I don't come to church here because this is my job and this is where I work. And this is, I have to realize that I'm coming to church, not for y'all, <laughs> sorry, but I'm coming to meet with the living God. That's why we come on a Sunday. And that's why we are changing it to be so unapologetic about who we worship. Because we are not worshiping each other. We act like that sometimes, you know, that like your opinion matters more to me than what God's opinion matters to me. And that's some dangerous ground if we live there, when I care more about what the person next to me is going to think of me when I shout or when I throw my hands up in the air or when I... We come to worship the Almighty God. And, but we all have to make that decision for ourselves. Okay, let me gather myself. <laughs> all right, so that's the first place we have to start. Now, the natural question after you said, yes, it's me, pick me, then the question is, you know, what does it look like to serve the Lord? And I mean, we could all pitch into this and we can have many things and we can discuss that. But as I was sitting there, um, oh, let me just say this before I say that. I like what J.J. said last week about the civil law. Do you remember what he said about the civil law? That God gave the Israelites the civil law so that they can be distinguished from all the other nations. And that made me think of, okay, what does it look like to serve the Lord? And, um, and we want, I want to build on that. Because we can't look the same as everybody around us. If I say I'm serving the Lord, I can't look the same as the person that's not serving the Lord. I have to look different, right? And... Um, <laughs> So I have two different categories that I want to speak to us about. Very creative names. The one is at home, and the other one is when you're not at home. <laughs> That's good names, right? Uh, so the first one is, what does it look like to serve the Lord when I'm at home? And the other one, what does it look to serve the Lord when I'm not at home? So we're going to jump into at home first. And uh, so what makes you different? That's a good question. Like if you're thinking about as I'm speaking, like, what am I going to do after this sermon? Write this question down, because that, that will help you remember what I said and help you process these things. So what makes you different? You as a family, you as an individual. So this is where I was sitting and thinking just about us as a family, like those who carry the surname, last name Ace. <laughs> um, 
What makes us stand out as a family? Because we serve the Lord. If you're a single person, what makes you stand out from other single people that are serving the Lord? Remember, we're in the house, right? Now, I realize that we lead our family in serving the Lord. So we take the lead. All right, we as parents, we take the lead and um, we bring relationship with God into everything. Into everything. It's not that situation, we went, we went to school. I don't know if you all do this in school over here because I didn't go to school here. But in South Africa, I feel like every single child did this. Like, draw a circle of your life. Now, put in there what all you do in a day. You know, cut out the pieces of uh, minutes or hours. Then you'd be like, okay, this piece is for sport. This piece, I'm joking, my sport was very small. Like, sport. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's for like friends, you know, then you're like, okay, uh, eating, family. And then after everything, you're like, oh, snap, I'm a Christian. Then you're like, steal some time there. And you're like, God or something. Um, and we don't live like that. We realize that God is the center and it spreads into every area of my life. It's not just the pizza slice. That's when I God, I'm guarding. <laughs> when I'm um, school, I'm schooling. Or when I friends, I'm friendsing. No, I'm friendsing different. <laughs> Such a great word. I'm socializing um, so much different because now God is in the center and he infiltrates everything else that I'm doing. And um, so my relationship with God isn't just for in my room. It's for every part of my life. So then I started thinking, okay, so... What else? And I realized the first thing you should ask, second thing you should ask yourself is, what do you value? What do you value? So if you're going to have a discussion with your family, because I want to encourage you after church today, don't wait for tomorrow because then you will forget. I know how it is. I say something on a Sunday, I'm going to do it this week. And then next Sunday, I'm like, oh, it's Sunday again. Snap. So today, if it have, just think about this. If you're making this decision, we are going to serve the Lord. And I'm not saying that you're all a bunch of heathens. You're not serving the Lord. I'm not saying that. I'm just like, if you're realizing you have to add or change some things in your life, do it today. Have that conversation with your family today. You and If it's just you, sit in front of the mirror. Say, listen up, Denise. <laughs> some things are going to change. <laughs> Miss Denise, I chose you because you're not alone. So we'll know it's not real. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, because it's not, it's, it's really serious, right? So the question you can ask yourself is, what do I value? And maybe you're valuing the wrong things, right? Because it's easy to value the wrong things. And if you're struggling to figure out what you value, I would say, you know, get out your uh, bank statement. It will show you like, chop, chop what you value, you know? Mm-hmm, I know, right? So... <laughs> People will say, oh, I bought many Bible tabs. I value my Bible. <laughs> anyway, all right. So I realized we value the Word of God. So the first thing is we're doing is to value the Word of God. And if you want to add some value to your, when you think about this, is a great one to realize. We need to value the Word of God. It's so easy to say I'm valuing God's Word, but I never read it. Like, yes, I, re I value God's Word in time with Jesus. But then I spent 10 minutes with him. Psalms 1 verse 1 to 3. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way 
that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yield its fruit in season and whose leaves does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. It's having the word of God in me, meditating on it, interacting with it, having it close to me. You know, and we've built some intentional habits into our lives as a family. And you can build in some intentional habits. You know, like if, I'm not just, let me just stop there. <laughs> I have to kill some rabbits, you know. Um, so some of the intentional rabbits, some of these I've already told you about, but I'm going to tell you again, because I know you forgot about it already, um, is when we drive to school, we, our car rides is one of the intentional habits. I mean, not the fact that we go to school, <laughs> but what we do in the car, that's also a habit, going to school. It's a good habit. But so what we do in the car is we, why it's under, we value scripture is in that, in that time, we take time to learn scripture. We take a scripture and we teach our children scripture. Right, Joy? It's true, right? <laughs> so we, every week we take a scripture. We're intentional about learning scripture. You, listen to me, you can memorize scripture. You can Sometimes we have this mind block that we can remember everything except scripture. You can do it. I, you can do this, I promise you. I believe in you 100% if you are intentional about it. All right? So we take one scripture and we, we go through that scripture the whole week. But that's going to take forever. It's just 40, 52 scriptures a year. It's 52 more than you, huh? Even if it's slow, it's better than nothing. If you need more time and you learn one scripture a month, it's better than no scripture. Learn scripture. Memorize scripture. We pray as we go to school. We worship. We also fight a little bit sometimes, but unintentional. But as we drive to school, we pray. We pray for the school. We pray for their friends. We pray for y'all. We pray if someone is sick. We pray like for Mark and Betty Jo that's fighting cancer. We pray for Mr. Mark almost every day. We've built in intentional habits. And then also at bedtime, at 7.30, they go to bed at 8.30. At 7.30, it is time for Bible study, time spending time with God. Put on some worship music, read scripture, Build some intentional habits into your lives. It's worth that, I tell you. Then the second thing I was thinking about is we value the mission of God as a family. And um, outreach, we're constantly speaking um, with our children that we are here to connect people to Jesus. You're on a mission, not just because we live in a different country, but you are on a mission too. Like, we have that ministry of reconciliation. We need to connect people with Jesus again. So we value the mission of God. And this has started to flow outside. You know, it starts in the house, and then all of a sudden, ha, oh, we start to do it. Like some of our children, I told some of you the other day at the Making Disciples class, has started taking their Bibles to school. Now it's legit if you want to take your Bible to school. You know, when the teacher says, 
like you can go read something, we're done with the lesson, take out a book. So they decided, well, then they're going to take out their Bibles and um, they will read their Bibles. Or in recess, they decide not to go play and sit at the little table and read Bible. And um, both of those who started doing that, other kids have come and said, what is this? Um, and then they would ask, do you have a Bible? And said, no. The teacher bought someone a Bible. And every, every week there's a story of um, the teacher sending me pictures of Gray. It's a Gray 6, right? He started to take his Bible to school. I've got two pictures of where he's reading, and there's other kids sitting next to him reading the Bible with him. And um, just started, but it's all with happening, all started in the house because of intentional habits. Um, now, we didn't suggest that, right? They did it themselves. But when they said they're going to take their Bibles, I didn't come with all my fears, like, ah, do you think that's a little much? <laughs> you know, what the kid's going to say? Because that's what you think, like, oh, my goodness. You know, I know children. They can be mean. I have four. <laughs> <laughs> but they just, they just went for him. Now, the third one is we value church and serving. Hebrews 10 verse 25 not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Now I know you're like, ah, oh, it's easy for you to say, you kind of work here, you have to come. It's true, but I, we still have emotions that we need to lead. Like, I still need, I have to lead my emotions, you know? And like, we just have, our kids are just like your kids. Sometimes they're like, do we have to go to church? And they were like, yeah, yep, we're going to church. We have to go to church. But we created them that value for coming together and for serving in, in church. And um, they realized that this is, it's important to come together. You know, when you make a fire with charcoal, and you put it all together, and it's all nice and red hot. And you take one of those coals, and you just put it right there. It's not even five minutes, and that you can pick it up with your hand. That's the same with meeting together as a church family. So much easier to be on fire in your relationship with God. But as soon as you separate and isolate yourself here on the outside, it's hard, man, to stay on fire. That's why he's saying, do not neglect the coming together. Even if you don't feel like it, make that decision. Say, okay, feelings, ah, I'm leading you. We're going. Even when you're tired. I mean, some of us are tired today. Like, we had a lot of things going on this weekend. And um, in the week when JJ said, oh, yeah, you should preach, I was like, dude, like, seriously? <laughs> We had all the things. Uh, yesterday we had a surprise birthday party for Joy, and the work was to keep it a surprise, you know. And, uh, um, but it was a busy, busy weekend. If I had a choice, I would stay home today and watch church online. I mean, if you're watching online, I'm glad you're here, right? <laughs> but I would have chosen that, I promise you. And then I would have not watched it at nine. I would have been like, I can watch it anytime, right? <laughs> A little later, wouldn't hurt anybody. <laughs> they don't even know I'm here. We do know you're here. 
Because I always watch online, so I know you're here. I'm happy that you're here. <laughs> um, but it's just the truth. We have to lead our emotions. And we, but we have to value. We have to make that a value. We have to value this. And that's also why we say, don't just run in and run out. Then no one knows you. Like, we value each other. Stay a little longer. Drink a little coffee. Play a little ping pong. I don't know. Um, all right. Like, it's amazing to me to see how this plays out in our children. Oh, man, shame Gray's all the examples today. Um, he's six, right? And he's always asking me, when can I serve? I'm like, dude, in about like, I don't know, six years. <laughs> and he's, he's like, I have to wait as long as I'm old. I'm like, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so always asking, when can I serve? When can I serve? Can I serve at the babies? No. <laughs> it will not be good if you're the helper. No. <laughs> I don't mind, but I think the parents would mind. <laughs> This is our helper hand, your child to gray. <laughs> we might never see you again. Hmm. Right. Oh, I need to hurry up. Okay, fourth, we value each other, not y'all, like each other in our family. We value each other, and we have open relationships, and we spend time with each other. We don't just live in the same house. It's easy to live in the same house but not even know each other and not value each other. We teach our kids how to do relationships. You know, many times parents in life just let them figure it out for themselves. And um, I want to encourage you, don't let them figure it out for themselves. And maybe if you struggle, you can also ask for help, right? Someone can help you too. Um, we teach them how to say things differently, not just like apologize to your sister, you know, because then it'd be like, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, rather say something like, um, hey, Hope, I'm, I'm sorry that I disrespected you. Can you please forgive me? Teaching them how to do things different, how to look different, helping them to facilitate true repentance. And same between you and your, your, your wife or your husband. Uh, facilitate true repentance. Otherwise, that bitterness grows on the inside, and then we just look like everybody else, mad at everybody. Right? And then number five, we value the Holy Spirit. So I want to encourage you to value the Holy Spirit inside the house. We, um, Ephesians 5 verse 18, do not get drunk on wine. You hear that? Okay. Which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. You'll still get drunk. <laughs> That's what it says, right? Don't get drunk on wine, get drunk on the Holy Spirit. That's why it's in the same sentence, I would say. That's what I would say. <laughs> so I would write it. Um, make the Holy Spirit a part of your life. For our kids, it's something supernaturally, but very natural. It's not, not weird. It's just part of who we are. Don't wait till your kids are older before you pray for them to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And yes, you can pray for them. Like, we will pray for them in Kids Church, but our desire is that you pray for them. We only want to catch the ones that, you know, that might have slipped through the cracks or someone that's new. If you are not filled with the Holy Spirit, get filled with the Holy Spirit. Let someone pray with you. Um, oh, I don't know. I have time for that story. Sorry. You can come to me afterwards. I'll tell you the story. Um, <laughs> so, Yeah. 
Then this last point, I didn't, couldn't get a name for it. So it's just all a bunch of thoughts mushed into together. Couldn't get a name that would work. So just some questions you can ask yourself is, what do we allow in our lives? Is it good? What are you allowing into your own life? Is it good? Why am I looking exactly the same as someone that's not serving Jesus? If I go onto your Netflix, what is it showing? And I take someone that's not serving Jesus, will there be a difference? And that's like, ooh, snap. I'm going to just like make sure she can't hack into mine now. <laughs> uh, I can't hack into nothing. Don't worry about that. Um, <laughs> are you watching what your kids are watching? I don't mean, are you sitting next to them watching and with them? Like, do you even know what they're watching? Or are you just going like, oh, go watch that YouTube, you know, so you can make the dinner? We have to be involved, right? You have to protect them. They can't just watch whatever. Like, literally cannot watch whatever. Social media. Man, snap, snap, snap. I'll snap myself. Like, what social media are you allowing into your house? Is it, are you just constantly scrolling like every other person that's not serving Jesus? I mean, I have a lot to say about social media. I won't say it all today. Do your children have social media? What the heck? They do? I don't know about that, man. It's, uh, it's dangerous. What language do you allow in your house? How, what language comes out of your own mouth? Does it look the same as someone that's not serving Jesus? We can't look the same. Y'all, we can't look the same. If someone meets me, I don't want them to think that I'm not serving Jesus. We can't look the same. I know you're sitting and thinking, but dang, this is hard, man. Like, I have to have these hard decisions, make these hard decisions, have hard conversations. Yeah, if you want to serve the Lord, if you want to be like Joshua and say, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord, it's going to take hard decisions. And maybe you're sitting there thinking, oh, man, it feels like a very high mountain. My encouragement is start climbing. Just start climbing it. It's going to be a moment of a hard discussion with your children. And don't come in with the law like you shall not ever again. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. It's better to come with a, a, an apologize saying, y'all, I've realized we have not done this in the best way. And we want to serve Jesus. And together as a family, we're going to do this. And I'm sorry that I haven't led you properly. Please forgive me. And then have a discussion with them about what needs to change. Maybe it's just you and your husband and you realize like, snap, yeah, there's some things we have to change. Like we never, ever spend time with Jesus. It's a discussion to have with your wife or your husband. If it's just you, get out your mirror. <laughs> um. Let's go to the, the, when you are not at your home, when you're not at home, <laughs> the next section. So we were at home and now we're not at home. You know, when you're out in the wild, that is called your job or school or Walmart. Now that's wild. Um, see how that like progressed from wild, wilder, wildest. <laughs> when you're socializing with your friends, my question is, how do you act and react? Oh, snap. That's like next level. Like, do you act the same way? 
as the guy that's not serving Jesus? Are you reacting the same way as the guy who's not serving Jesus? You know, good or like always wanting, I don't know, there's this thing in our culture, like it's all about fighting. I just want to fight you. You know, like, dude, like why so mad? Like just everybody wants to fight everybody. Oh, we can't be the same. We can't look the same. We can't just go around wanting to fight people, even if you're not really going to fight them. Like, honestly, <laughs> but I can't, that can't be what comes out of my mouth, you know? Can't be all judgmental the whole time, judging everybody the whole time, losing our tempers. Proverbs 16, verse 32, whoever is slow to anger is better than the mighty. And he who rules his spirit, then he who takes a city. Ephesians 4 verse 31 says, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. We have to be kind and compassionate to one another. Easy to forgive, just as Jesus Christ forgave us. We have to look different, guys. We have to protect our peace. Stay in the kingdom. Don't be so fast to lose your temper. Just because there's three people in the line, you should have come earlier, you know. It's not their fault you're late. It's your fault. When you're driving and you're late, go and laugh it. Wanting to go to Hobby Lobby, buy your sign. <laughs> should have left a little earlier, man. That guy taking you spot, your spot. Don't lose your peace. Look different. Look different. Now this one is going to be like, oh, snap, snap, snap. Uh, number two is um, sexual purity. I'll say it like this. <laughs> do you look like the world? Or do you look like you're serving the Lord? And no, nothing I say is means for judgment, you know, because thank God for the new covenant and God's grace covers everything. But his grace also is the power that we have to say no to all ungodliness. So yes, it covers, but it's also pulling you up saying, okay, can't stay in that. Do you look like the world? If you're single and not married, Old or young, it doesn't matter. Do you single different than the world? Or are you running from one relationship to the other? No, it's challenging. I know. We have to teach our children how to live this life following Jesus and living pure. First Timothy 4.12 says, Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, and faith, and in purity. 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 3 to 5. It is God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality, that each of you should learn to control your own body in a way that is holy and honorable, not in passionate lust like the pagans. Yo. Right? Who do not know God. So a good question to ask yourself is... Um, would I be doing this if Jesus was here? I know it's like the old cliche. But if you would say no, then I would suggest change what you're doing. Because he is actually there. <laughs> yeah? 
Last thing I want to throw your way is, are you being salt and light? Matthew 5, verse 13 to 16. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Like we know, salt changes food, right? We need salt in our lives. And the Bible says we should be like salt. We should change wherever we are. The, the steak doesn't change the salt. The steak needs the salt, right? So we need to be the salt for the steak, right? <laughs> and then it says, whenever you put on a light, it's pitch dark when you come in here and there's no light on. But when you put on the light, the darkness leaves. We should be salt and we should be light. We cannot be darkness because we have to look different than the world. And that's where you have to sit down and think, okay, what do I need to change inside my house and outside my house? So I want, I want to ask all of you to stand with me today. And I know I said a whole lot of everything. <laughs> like I said in the beginning, it starts with that decision to, intentional decision to say, yes, Jesus, I want to, me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Now, I'm not going to ask you to decide that, like, if you say, yes, me, I'm doing that, um, to come to the front. But I'm asking you to come to the front if you realize that there's some things that you need to change inside your house or outside your house. And it's more like a, a commitment or a declaration that you're making to God saying, Lord, I realized today that I want to change some things because I've started to lose my saltiness and my light has gone dim on inside my house and outside. So we, the, the band is going to, worship team is going to lead us into just a song, you know the song, Make Room. And it's just, no one's going to pray for you really. It's just you coming to Jesus saying, Lord, I'm choosing to make room and I'm coming to the front and not just staying in my seat where no one can see me making this decision on the inside I'm walking to the front because it's it's a public thing Lord I'm changing so I want to invite you if you want to join them in the front and maybe you were here today and you're like wow I think we're doing pretty well and that's also good I'm going to pray for us and we'll have a soft aim to the service but if you want to come to the front please do thank you Lord that you are so gracious and you're such a good God and Father but our lives we want to honor you inside our homes and outside our houses that we could say like Joshua 
As for me and my house, I'm going to serve the Lord. Even if it's hard, even if it's difficult, and if it's tough, and I have to say no to some things, and I have to remove some things out of my life, or add some things, God, you're the only one that we want to honor and worship. God, I pray that everyone who's coming to the front, that you, your grace will meet them, that by no means at all they should feel condemned. But it's just a conviction of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray in this week that you, your power, your Holy Spirit will be with each and every one of us to be the salt and the light so that we can shine bright for you. We love you so much, God. I pray all of that in the name of Jesus.